podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. It is another edition of Free Play Friday, and Scott, we're sadly back on the Skype train because we're both very busy boys. But you know, yeah, it is what well, it is. It it is what it is. Uh, you know, this kind of comes with uh, with responsibilities, and you know, especially uh, fun times at the uh, secret day jobs for both of us. But you know what? We have technology, so we might as well use. It's true, and the first five seconds of the show showed why Skype shows suck. We already have talked over each other, but that's okay. We're going to move on. Guys, we've got a fun show for you today. We're going to play a little game um, that I'm sure everybody has seen some sort of rendition of. It's We're going to call it Buy or Sell. Um, I'm going to ask Scott a bunch of questions, and then we're kind of going to riff back and forth on whether or not you would buy or sell stock in that question or whatever that situation is. But of course, before we get into the show, Scott, let's talk about our sponsors and who are those guys. Well, here's the thing. My number one sponsor, and probably it's turning into my most visited website, that is mybookie.ag. Uh, I, I can't get enough of it. Like, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. There's a Sunbelt game. Guess what? I can gamble on that. And then after that, I can turn around and gamble on international curling in Vancouver and then turn around and gamble on uh, Indian Premier League cricket, all back-to-back-to-back. And they give amazing customer service and bonuses up to 100% on your deposit bonus, especially if you're using the single greatest promo code in the world, and that is CHAIR. They've been riding with us now. I think at this point it is getting close to, if not a year, that they've been sponsoring the show and again, we wouldn't keep riding with them if they weren't the best. You can also bet on the Canadian national soccer team, and I'm not going to say U.S. men's oh national soccer team because they don't even warrant the attention. If I had a like U.S. men's national team podcast, like I, I can't even imagine the meltdown I'd be having after losing to Canada. Like I, I took that harder than any of the losses to Mexico, uh, getting knocked out of World Cups, like. Honestly, the only meltdown that I've had even close to that was not even qualifying for the World Cup when we lost to Trinidad and Tobago, like, I, like at this point, what, two years That wasn't ago? even, like, for me, that wasn't a meltdown. It was just complete deject- dejection. It was like, what? I just was so depressed. I couldn't even be mad at well, it. Well, it wasn't even, and it wasn't even on TV because CONCACAF has weird TV contracts and only games in Canada, Mexico, and... United States are on ESPN and Fox is on some weird channel. I'm following on Twitter. We don't qualify. And I, I, that was like an all time Twitter meltdown. I had some good Twitter meltdowns over this game last night, but uh, it just sucks. I mean, we, we both like soccer. I think we're both fans of the U S men's national team. I know we have some soccer fans who listen to the show and we'll, we'll get away from it soon, but that was just a depressing game because you take Christian Pulisic out in the 60th minute. You don't have any answers. Your strategy isn't working. You have, you can see the talent is that, but uh, no, no, we need to move on. What's our next sponsor? If you're super depressed and you can't get an erection anymore because of the U.S. men's national team, where would you? I would on? obviously go to BlueChew.com, um, and I can tell you firsthand that it is extremely successful. Well, it's, it works very well, Scott. I'll just say that uh, BlueChew is the first. Uh, chewable, what is the word that I'm looking for? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the version of Viagra and Cialis. Um, I don't have the read in front of me, so I can't freaking remember what the hell it is. So maybe you can help me out. Well, no, it's the first chewable tablet that has the same active ingredients as Cialis and Viagra. 
You don't have to go to the doctor and get a prescription, have that awkward face-to-face thing. You don't have to go to the grocery store, hi, V, pick it up. Hi, this is Scott. I need some Viagra. Can you please fill this? No, it's going to come straight to your door. It's going to be free if you use promo code armchair. Only pay the $5 shipping and handling that very first month. Uh, Honestly, if you're having trouble performing in bed, Blue Chew is going to give you what you need to satisfy your lady. It's true. And singular, because we only support monogamy on this podcast. That's right. That is damn right, Scott. And be be safe. Be safe out there. As well. Yes, be safe out there. Exactly. Blue Chew, it's not going to... It's not going to cure anything. No, and it's not going to stop you from contracting anything either. Uh, One day, maybe we'll get a condom sponsor. But for right now, blew it, chew it, and then do (laughs) it. Blew it. All right. We're going to hop into the questions, and we're going to (laughs) start with football. And, hell, let's just hop right into question number one. Scott, everyone loves to talk about this and use it as, you know, some ammunition for K-State. But it could be in a little bit of trouble this year. Question number one, Scott, buy or sell K-State's draft season in draft streak ends this season. So it ends this season. I'm going to sell it, and I don't feel confident about it. And out of every answer I give for this entire podcast, this might be the least confident I am in any of them, but I am going to sell it. Um, the NFL and the NFL draft ran a story just today uh, talking about Scott France as a draft prospect and uh, something that, you know, kind of was a story two years ago. And I think it's good that it's not nearly as big of a story here in 2019, but the, also the fact that he's a out gay man playing big time college football and then talking about uh, is the NFL ready to draft and, uh, you know, a publicly gay man. Um, it was a good story. It was uh, tweeted out by the NFL Draft's official Twitter account. Um, you know, we're big Scott France fans on this show. Um, so I think he's a prospect. I think Devin Ankle, you see one or two specialists get taken every year. Um, I think he might have a shot. Um, I, Adam Holtor, I mean, he's been struggling the last couple of weeks, but if he can get an invite to a combine, he might have a shot. Um, you don't have that surefire guy, but you have a handful of folks who might be able to sneak in right at the end. So I'm going to sell that the draft streak ends, uh, but but I'm not confident. What about you? Where's I your think we're base. We're very similar here. It's a weak sell, um, but I do think that we have you know a, a handful of prospects, like you said, from both lines possibly. Um, you know. Maybe they'll crush it in the combines, and I think that you know the last two games have obviously left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But we have seen what Scott France can do on the big stage against big time players. Um, you know, he did it against Texas A&M and putting Miles Garrett in his pocket all night. Um, I think we'll be okay um, in that respect, but I'm gonna sell. And that takes us to question number two. Of the four new coaches in the conference, Scott, Chris Kleiman stays at K-State the longest, or at his current school the longest, buy or sell? I'm buying that, and I I personally don't – I think he only has competition from Matt Wells out at Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech is playing way better than I anticipated. If you would have asked me this like maybe week two – or even preseason, I would have said bye and no one's even close. I think Les Miles, I, I, I legitimately think it's almost a 50-50 shot. Les Miles might just say fuck it and quit after this year. Um, but he's not a player. Um, Neil Brown, I think, I, here's the thing. I think West Virginia fans have a really high uh, opinion of themselves. I think there could be a scenario where if he doesn't go to a bowl game next year and then maybe only wins six or seven in year three, they may fire him. And if he's successful, if he is good, he will leave uh, for a better job if that ever comes across. I don't think Chris Kleiman will be a head coach uh, at a Power 5 level anywhere else except for K-State. I So I don't think he's going to leave if he has success. And for better or worse – uh, Gene Taylor's not going to fire him unless he absolutely has to. 
And I don't think Gene Taylor's going anywhere for a while. So I think Chris Kleiman, he's here on the low end, five, six years on the large end, 10, 15. That would be wild because that would mean that we are tasting some some success. Um, I'm going to buy as well. And, you know, of course, we are only five games into his tenure. But I still feel like Chris Klein is a great choice for the job and, you know, everything outside of literally the last two games um, I've been very impressed by. Um, I think he has competition, more competition from Neil Brown than you think, Um, mainly because, I mean, so far it seems like he is so loved there. Um, He's been so well received at West Virginia. You know, maybe it'll just be a perfect culture fit for him out there and he'll want to stay. I know people think he'll – he wants to go to the south, but – West Virginia is a weird place. It's kind of like the South. Maybe he'll like it up there. Um, and I think it was well known that he was pretty much walking into a roster dumpster fire. So I think they'll actually give him a lot of time to rebuild. But that's just my that's my opinion. Question number three: Keenan Garber and Chris Heron catch over eight passes this year combined. I'm selling this. Um, I- I, Coach Kleiman came out and said that they still want to redshirt Keenan Garber, so that means at max he's only going to play four. Um, Chris Heron, we only just started seeing him out there in big time uh, playing uh, with Skyler. He was only targeted once, um, and he's still learning the position. Um, I think if this is going to hit the over, I think it's going to have to be something where one of them catches four or five balls in one game. I don't think they're going to get consistently get one catch a game. I think it's going to have to be one big game and then a couple here or there. Um, I just don't see it. I, I, I'm encouraged by Chris Heron's development at wide receiver, but again, he's only been there for you know three, four weeks, five weeks. And I, I'm, I'll believe it when I see it uh, when it comes to Keenan Garber getting out there and then not only getting out there, but then getting targeted. So I'm selling. Damn, that. you just said like everything I wanted to say. Great job. Damn really it. good job. I hate when they always say the same shit. So I'm not even going to – I'm going to say I'm going to sell because, I mean, you literally – you hit all my bullet points perfectly. So I'll go to number – Well, here. Well, I could, no, time I could, out here. I could play I'll devil's play, advocate, I'll, I guess. I'll, I mean, I, I was just going to say, if you're going to come up with the devil's advocate that is opposite of uh, my statement of, hey, it's going to take five in one game, what you could say is, hey, Chris Heron has already kind of jumped up the depth chart, maybe even surpassing uh, a guy like Zach Reuter, sur- surpassing maybe a guy like Sebastian Taylor. So with his athletic ability, he is quickly becoming maybe the fourth uh, best or fourth uh, most athletic or may- the fourth guy on the depth chart, maybe if you're being super aggressive with it. Does he have and a catch We're not yet? even at. He's no, been he's been targeted yep. once, and it hit his hands. So, but here's the thing: you have over half the season left. The run game still hasn't quite gotten back to where we want it to be. Eventually, he's going to get a catch, and then boom, you know, break the seal, and then here comes a bunch of catches. Then when it comes to Keenan Garber. His speed and what he brings on the field, I mean, you could do gadget plays. You could do that little jet sweep toss pass right in front of you where it's more like a handoff than a pass. You can get a tunnel screen. You could get a traditional uh, just, you know, quick, quick out. Um, With his skill set, it sets him up that if he's going to play, you want to get the ball in his hands. So if he is going to play in four games, you got to think that he's going to get at least – four touches um, and that gets you halfway to that eight number. So if I was going to play devil's advocate with myself, that's what I would have said, but I'm still sticking with the bastard. I was going to play devil's advocate and you, you just hit it all again. You nailed it. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. Here we're, we're, well, we can flip. I'll ask the next couple. So that way I won't, you know, steal all the good talking (laughs) points. And if I'm going to play devil's advocate, I just won't say anything. I'll just keep it quiet. So the next one's on here. And first off, I need to give you a ton of credit. It was a crazy day at work for me. You stepped up and you came up with some amazing questions. I I like to pride myself as the question guy on Twitter, on KSO and all this type of stuff. But you truly, you know, you you don't get the shine you deserve when it comes (laughs) to questions because I love all of these. 
And this one is very on brand for me. It's on brand for the podcast. You said buy or sell. Bill Snyder Family Stadium is selling alcohol as a general concession item by the 2021 season. What say uh, you? Gosh, I kind of buy it. I kind of buy it. I do actually feel like you know this new octagon of booze um, is kind of like a trial run, and maybe I'm overthinking that a little bit. But um, that gives us the entire 2020 season um, as a kind of a buffer. And I, I mean, it's it's the way of the world now. Pretty much everybody's selling alcohol in the stadium. I think we will have enough data to be able to make a decision at that point, and I think we will be selling booze in 2021. Well, man, so I'm going to sell this, and it hurts to say this, because uh, I I want it. You're leaving revenue on the table as someone who would buy a beer or two a game, and I I would love to be able to do that and take it to my seat. Um, I I just – I think public perception, for better or worse – the loudest people in this debate are the ones who want to keep the re-entry policy. And Gene has said it's going to go away if we bring in all stadium alcohol. And I'm just afraid that too many folks are going to fight it. They're going to send emails. Uh, Gene has said a survey is going to go out at the end of the season to football season ticket holders to gauge many things, alcohol being one of them. And I just think that the folks who are loudest about it and the folks who will be so impassioned by this that they will mobilize are on the uh, don't get rid of reentry side of things. Uh, so it pains me to say it. And I really I, I'm hoping Gene realizes what's best for the athletic department. And that is adding that revenue. But I'm going to sell it and say we don't have general concession beer, wine, or alcohol by 2020. That would be sad, but I think you make some valid points there. I, I'm going to be sad. and You know, maybe uh, – and obviously basketball is completely different because no one – I mean not a single person – you can't even leave and come back in. So that doesn't – it's not comparable, but I – you know, maybe people enjoy being able to go and get a beer during the game so much that it will, you know, influence influence the narrative a little bit. I mean, we'll see. I, I also think that as the stadium continues to evolve, there's a chance where a uh, in-stadium spot could evolve on the south side. Uh, maybe an evolution of the Wildcat or the Wabash Landing or whatever they call that. Um, there's space over on the east side, especially uh, if they incorporate it in the plans for the uh, indoor practice facility. I think we'll see an expansion of the restricted areas sales by 2021, but it will not be full concession. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I hope the podcast is still going by then. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I think that'd be fun. The next one, and this is a great one, uh, and shout out to K-State Online. Again, we've said it a million times. If you want recruiting news, head over to K-State Online. But this is a great one. K-State flips a current commitment from another school for the 2020 football recruiting class. Are you buying or selling that? Uh, I'm going to be pot. Oh, God. I'm going to buy. Fuck it. I'm going to buy. Obviously, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me, two players, Kai Thomas, Turner Corcoran, and, you know, I'm going to apologize in advance because I I have not been on the boards or following, you know, uh, you know, Derek Young's recruiting as closely as I would like to because I obviously just started a new job, so I've been super busy. But um, the buzz is surrounding Kai Thomas for sure. But, hey, Minnesota's starting 7-0. and it's a soft 7-0 if that makes sense, but I thought Turner Corcoran was kind of like a, a lost cause, but Jesus, Nebraska is a dumpster fire. So I it, I don't know. I think we could seriously have a decent case for getting one of those two dudes, and I'm sure that you have others in your back pocket that you're thinking about as well. Yeah, those are the two that are talked about quite a bit. There's some other guys from uh... – there's some other guys from Minnesota that I think you could dream about as well. And then there's some other 
some other guys down in the Floridas, the Georgias that we're still in on. I'm not going to steal all the premium content, um, but just in the world of college football, uh, commits flip quite often. Um, and so I, th- I think that it is, pr- that's a pretty safe buy. Uh, I, I, this isn't on the sheet. My question to you, this is a little bit more difficult. We're both buying that we flip a commit. Are you buying or selling K-State holds on to every single commit we currently have? Oh, man. I would actually sell that, to be completely honest. Um, there were whispers about a couple of guys. Oh, gosh. What is his freaking name? It's not Son. Yeah, um, Mel Kavian or something. I probably just butchered that horribly. But um, whispers about him you know, being pursued and – it's possible. I and depending on how, you know, this season goes, it could be a problem. What do you think? I'm going to sell it. Um I, I think some of the chatter around Son has died down a little bit and that's a, it's a risky sell because uh, I would say of the you know, sixty five power five schools, over half of them will have a decommitment from now to signing day. And honestly, probably more. So this might be a stupid sell by me. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like these guys really are priding themselves uh, being a part of that first full class in this new era. I think a lot of them really uh, buy into what the coaches are selling them and the vision they're painting. So I'm going to I'm gonna sell that and say that – or buy that and say we keep all of them currently committed. I love it. Um, I'll ask the next one. Uh, question number six. Coach Kleiman has a top 25 recruiting class in either 2021, 22, or 23. Buy or sell? I'm going to sell it. In, I'm, I'm going to say the best shot would be 2022 or 2023. Um, I think that Coach Kleiman is going to make – his living and it's going to be about stacking classes in that 26 to 30, 35 range Um, to get into that top 25. I think you're going to be needing to sign a handful of four stars, maybe a five star uh, and basically no one dropping even to a low three star Um, and definitely no twos or unranks. And I think just by the way, just by the type of player that fits, especially on offense, when you look at these two different types of tight ends, fullbacks, the fact that you're going to be recruiting players in these almost antiquated extinct positions, just by that value, it's going to drive it down. I think Jack Stanine was rated the number one fullback in the country last year, and he was a low three-star, bordering a two-star. Uh, so just the fact of the type of players that you have to fill out on your offensive scheme being those unsexy positions, I think uh, that is going to prevent him ever from having a truly elite class on paper when it comes to competing for a top 25. Um, but that's where my heart's at. Um, what about you? I, I want you to buy that. Make Damn me it. believe. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to sell as well, to be to be honest. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of improvement in recruiting, and I think we're both very happy about that. But I think we're still going to make a a living in some spots going for those, you know, some two stars that have been overlooked and, you know, trusting our evaluation of talent. Um, I see us at best, totally agree with you, in the 26 to 35 spot. If we can, you know, get in the top 30, I would be pretty pleased by that. Um, I just, top 25 is tough. You have to, you know, accumulate those, you know, four, four star guys, and we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that yet. Obviously, it's very early, but uh, I'm not convinced quite yet. Yeah, and unless the narrative changes surrounding kind of Kansas City and then uh, Kansas as a state, uh, those four-star, those highly ranked guys still aren't choosing to stay home. They're not choosing K-State, so you don't have those easy layups. If you look at Mississippi State, which recruits in the top 20, top 30, they're able to fill out with half their class, maybe even more Mississippi guys that are high three stars and above. Uh, you just don't have that quantity of talent in Kansas. And the guys that have, they just historically have not been coming to K-State. 
So you have to take that tier below those guys in Kansas and Kansas City. And football is like just heating up in the state of Kansas and Kansas City. Uh, So maybe you'll start seeing more four stars. But until you start picking up some easy wins for high-profile prospects, I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, Next question. 2021, we see a new uniform concept, completely new. So when you say new concept, is it is it saying like something we haven't Correct, seen? Correct, like, like a top-to-bottom redesign for maybe just one game, okay. a new so, option for an alternate concept. Okay, so not color Correct. Flips. So I'm going to say I'm going to sell it. I think by 2021 you might see uh, the return of purple pants, a purple helmet, um, maybe uh, even a gray jersey. Uh, but with the same design elements, the same kind of Dallas Cowboy-esque uh, uniforms. Um, I, I just, I, I think when it comes to the appetite by Chris Kleiman, he said it a couple times, hey, we're going to do some different stuff, but not go crazy with it. I think just the perception around K-State is, uh, something completely new, a true alternate concept is crazy. I hate it, don't like it, hope I'm wrong, but I'm selling. Uh, I'm selling too because I just don't think the interest is there from K-State in general, and I don't want to go into too many details. But, uh, yeah, I'm selling. I don't see it, and we know the timeline is very important, so if you actually want to do that shit, you better be communicating that. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't see it happening. Um it's a possibility. Yeah. We have the resources to do that, but it's I, I, I have to sell. Yeah, there's still time. If nothing is in the works yet, um, and we, we, we know from previous podcasts that the timeline's coming up. I mean, if, you're, if you want a full concept, you have to send the smoke signals here in the next couple months. Otherwise, 2022 is going to be the soonest. And uh, you know what? If we don't get it, I want it badly. I want to see what some of the talented folks can do. Um, but I, I am content with doing more color flips, uh, maybe a decal helmet change, um, doing some different stuff inside the current design. Um, but I'll, I'll be a little sad. I'll be a little sad. Uh, God, I want to see it. I just want to see it bad. Uh, but sadly, I don't think we will. It's possible, but I don't think we will. I agree. All right. The next question, and I love this question, starting with TCU, true freshman Joe Irvin will get more carries than Harry Trotter for the remainder of the season. So starting with the game on Saturday, the game tomorrow, as you guys are listening to this, he will have more carries than Trotter. What say you? I asked this question thinking solely of you. <laughs> um, I'm buying. I think the coaches and the staff have seen something in Joe Irvin that they like quite a bit. Um, Trotter's basically, I mean, in my opinion, always been our third choice back. I know they say it's a back by committee, but he has been behind Jordan Brown and uh, James Gilbert. Um, and I think we just, I think we need to mix it up a bit anyways. Joe Irvin has a little more explosiveness than Harry Trotter, and he's a freshman, so you give the nod to the younger guys to get them that experience so that it pays off later. So I'm buying. Again, I'm going against what I want, but I'm selling. I think they're throwing Trotter out there in situation. I think they must like what he brings in the blocking game and the pass blocking game. Um, And that's definitely not something that at least on the surface, it looks like Joe Irvin uh, can do. I don't even think Harry Trotter is that great, but in all the obvious passing downs, when you're leaving the running back in, it's always Trotter in there. So I think that's at least five, six snaps a game. I think that's, uh, I think we have found our number one back. And I think when Jordan Brown gets better, if he gets better, he will be number two. Um, but I, I still think that there is, there are more times where they want Harry Trotter out there than Joe Irvin. And that hurts. That hurts. I know it hurts, buddy. Next question. We lose a coach from the staff after this season by or sell? Selling hard, uh, but the new candidate, uh, and this is kind of after 
Uh, the defense has cooled off off a little bit, and after the offensive line has cooled off a little bit, I think Van Malone needs to be on the look. The guy is a recruiting machine. He's a quote machine. Uh, if there is no juice, you are of no use. Um, I, I think I think that if he wants to get back in the defensive coordinator game, I think a school like a uh, I don't know some of those athletic schools or yeah the athletic conference or the American conference, excuse me, like uh, Tulane, or uh, he, I know he he did a stint at SMU, uh, maybe even Houston, Memphis. I think that he could be a very fun defensive coordinator at that uh, G5 level, right at the top tier of that. So uh, he, I, I'm, I'm selling it, but if there is going to be someone, it's going to be Van Malone. Oh, I'd be so sad if we lost Van. Um I'll buy. Um, it's been said, you know, multiple times that it's rare these days for an entire staff to, you know, stay together year in, year out. I know it's only first year, but I think it's possible that we lose. I don't think we'll lose any major coordinators or anything, but I think it's possible that we could lose uh, our part ways with the positions coach. <clears throat> All right, the uh, next football question, buy yourself. K-State has another game where they rush for over 200 yards. Um, I'm going to buy. I don't think it'll be this weekend or tomorrow when this comes out. Uh, and by that, I mean you're listening to this, and we play TCU tomorrow. Um, I don't think we'll do it against TCU, um, but I think there's going to be another game this season when it clicks. I wish I could have uh, you know, defensive stats in front of me, but, I mean, KU is a possibility. That's obviously our best chance. Um, I think that we could do it against West Virginia, Texas Tech as well. What do you think? Yeah, I'm buying it. I think uh, KU will happen. I think uh, there's a chance for Texas Tech. I think there's a chance for West Virginia. Um, Even, like, maybe you you hit a couple big runs versus Texas. It's definitely not happening versus Oklahoma. I don't see it versus TCU. Probably not Texas, but anything else, I think there's a possibility. Um, you know, I maybe even Iowa State. I, I, I do. Yes. I'm going to buy that, and I I feel good about that one. Here, here's another one, and I think a lot of it really hinges on this Saturday. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on release day, buy or sell case it goes to a bowl game in 2019. I'm going to buy, and I completely agree with you, Um this weekend's game is absolutely massive for the outcome of our season. Um, I'm going to buy, I think, um, and it'll, it's going to be huge for confidence. Uh, being 4-2 and two instead of 3-3 three and three facing you know the barrel of Oklahoma coming into Manhattan, ranked probably top five, is a big difference. Um, but I think... I think we can. I do think that we will beat West Virginia and KU. That's going to get us up to what are we? That'll get us to five, and then all we got to do is steal one more, um, and <laughs> that starts this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to sell. Um, again, hate it. I, I, I really do hate it. Um, I'm just. I'm just starting to. Th- I, I've always known. But the realization of the lack of talent, especially on offense, and the lack of depth uh, on defense, I just think that's going to prove out to be too much. Um, I hate it. I I, I mean, just hate it. It's valid. Valid points, though. You're not wrong. Yeah, I I wish I was. I wish I wasn't so smart and good-looking and was right all the time. Um, here's the next one. K-State goes to a bowl game in 2020 by herself. Um, I am going to – oh, God. I'm going to sell. I think – you know, I think we're going to improve at the skill positions, but I there's so many question marks for me, you know, about the offensive line and the defensive line at this point that I just don't have enough confidence that we are going to be able to six, get to six games next season. So I'm actually, and this is a reversal of what I thought going into the season, I'm actually going to buy it, and for this reason. I think that while this offensive line, they're all seniors, the starters, they weren't recruited to play this style, but all five guys next year either will have been in the system for over a year come game one or will have been recruited by this staff 
to play this type of game. You also are starting to really depend on these young skill position players, these young receivers. I think by then they're going to get better. You lose a lot up front on your defensive line, but you're bringing back linebackers. Uh, you're losing uh, Denzel Goolsby out of the secondary, but you're bringing back a lot of stuff in the secondary. And I think you have a lot of young dogs, a lot of dog mentality coming back in the secondary lot next year. And here's the thing. I We're not losing to Vanderbilt at home. So I think you're going to start off with three wins next year. You're going to beat KU. You're going to get West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia's on the road, but you're getting Texas Tech at home. Um, you get the streak going against Iowa State again. I think we're bowling next year uh, for all those points. I love it. Next question. Chris Kleiman wins 80 or more career games at K-State. Yeah, and here's where I'm, I'm going to start chugging some Kool-Aid and buying and selling with my heart because I'm going to buy this. He is 52 right now. I think he coaches not to Bill Snyder age, but I think he's going to coach into 65, 66 territory. So that's going to be 14, 15 years um, because I think he eventually is going to figure it out. I think he's going to have, uh, you know, one or two, maybe three 10 win seasons. I think he's going to hit a stride uh, at some point where he has a four or five year stretch where he wins either eight, nine or 10 games and then I think he's going to coach for over 10 years at K-State. So um, this is a buy with my heart, maybe not with my head, but with my heart. Um, I'm going to buy as well. I think Chris Kleiman's in the right place, and I think he's capable of finding the level of his, you know, success that's expected of him at K-State. And you know, I just think he knows how to run a program very well, and once he gets his guys in, the train will start rolling, and we're going to be good and steady. All right, and then I think this is the final football question before we uh, migrate into some basketball by or sell. By or sell, Devin Ankle is the first team all Big 12 punter. I'm going to buy because he's he's cool and funny, and he's very good at punting. That's all I need to say. Yeah, I agree. He is cool, funny, he has swagger, and he is great at punting. All right, shall we move on to hoops? Is the hoops brought to you by anything? <laughs> it's going to be brought to you by Blue Chew and uh, MyBookie.ag. Okay, perfect. Um, and, yeah, and you know what? Shout out to the Kansas City Catbackers, Alma Cheese, and Kansas City Direct Primary Care. Uh, none of them are sponsoring this episode, but we love all three of you. Hell, guys. yeah. I actually eat the shit out of the Alma Cheese uh, garlic cheese curds. They're actually amazing. I know. I um, I'm regretting having those sent to your apartment. They're good. They're very good. Um, so let's hop into some hoops question. Question number one, Dejuan Gordon scores 300 points this season. And I kind of just set like a, a – let's say we play 35 games. Is that fair? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm buying this one hard. I think uh, Bruce Weber was saying he was filling the stat sheet all offseason and in practice – um, he's going to have some freshman, uh, you know, growing pains, I'm sure. But the kid has the ability to go off for 30 on any given night. Um, I, I think that – I think there is a legitimate chance he blows up to the point where there's NBA talk this year. I think there's a legitimate chance he doesn't play all four years at K-State. I think this guy's the real deal, and I think he definitely eclipses Damn, 30. I love I love that Kool-Aid. Or th- 300. Maybe points. I should have set the – the mark a little higher because, um, yeah, I mean, I'm buying I'm buying that one pretty hard as well. I think Dejuan is legit, um, and if, let's say, it's we play, what, 35 games or so, give or take a few, that's only averaging around like nine points a game. So totally capable of doing that. I think he's going to be one of our best weapons this year. Yeah, and, and for a true freshman, only nine. I mean, no, that would be an outstanding yeah. year for yeah. a freshman. Um, but I, I, I think he is – the real deal. The next one, and I love this one because you're not getting any respect from coaches, media, all sorts of publications. Buy or sell, K-State finishes top four. I'm buying. I mean, I'm definitely buying. I think when you look at the top of the conference, uh, obviously KU is going to be very good. I think they're going to bounce back with a vengeance. Um, Chris Beard, as long as he's at Texas Tech, he, I think he's one of the best coaches in the country, so they're obviously going to be they're going to c- compete, and they're 
very defensive team, so always going to be difficult to play against. But after that, I it feels fairly open to me. I think Steve Prom is a bum. I don't I don't think he's a great coach. I think I would say he's got a decent amount of talent, but I don't think that Prom is going to be able to take them to that level. You know, I think they peak at four. Um, and we have a good core of guys. You know, we have Cardi, X, Mac, um, as as kind of our core guys, and then we got some young dudes that I think are going to step up too. So I think I see us, you know, in that three or four spot, honestly. And I think I think we have the coaching. St- I think our coaching staff is one of the better staffs in the Big Twelve. So I'm buying. I'm also buying it. I think uh, top four needs to be the goal. I think it can be accomplished. Um, I agree with you. Iowa State bums. West Virginia, I I think they might get back into the tournament this year, but not top four. Texas Tech, they lost a lot of talent. Um, but, again, you're right, Beard is good. I think KU legitimately, I I hate to say it, but, you know, I think Bill Self, this might be the last uh, – ter- this might be his last season, <laughs> but I think he's going to coach with a vengeance, and I think they're going to play with a vengeance. But literally outside of KU – I can't definitively say another team is going to finish higher than us. And again, maybe we're drinking the Kool Aid and we got in this, you know, trouble when after K State went three and zero in uh, football. Uh, we we might be on the bubble come March, but I just I don't know. I'm, I'm just feeling the good vibes from this basketball. I mean, it's possible, but shit, this is this is Bruce Bruce's eighth year, and we've got experienced guys that we know are battle hardened in this conference. So I. I don't think it's crazy. You know, what do you th- I don't think it's crazy. Let's just move on though. Uh, nice. next question. Cats make the tournament and get to the second weekend. Buy or sell? I'm going to sell. Um, I it, the tournament is so much about It's all about the draw basically. Uh, matchups. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in we made it to the Elite 8, but again, the bracket kind of fell in a nice way. I'm not apologizing for it. You don't take the Elite Eight, you know, numbers off that banner inside Bramlage. Um, but, I, I mean, making it to the second weekend is tough, and Bruce has struggled with it. That's, like, the biggest thing you can point to um, is his struggles making it to the second weekend, so I'm going to sell. It's tough not to sell on this one, but I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to buy. I think this is just going to be one of those years where K-State, you know, has a good year. Um, in the season, and then we we kind of we hit our stride, kind of like we did. And I think it, obviously, yes, it does it does depend on matchups and whatnot. But I think what's going to be so important for this, you know, guard play is so important in college. And I think we're going to have one of the best guards in the country in Cartier Jada. And I think he's honestly going to be a next level player this year. So we're gonna Cardi's going to take us, baby, to the next to the next to the second weekend and we're all going to be shitting our pants watching the tournament again i hope so i i that's what i want again hope i'm wrong i'm just trying to you know play the opposite <laughs> no and, I love uh, it. so the next one yeah this has oh. kind of been I've, i'll just take it i guess need makes first team all big 12 and he was what a lot of people would say snubbed today in the preseason all big 12 selection and i would i would agree i think that Aside from those two KU players, those other three, you know, I I can't say how they've been better or would warrant being on that list over uh, Xavier Sneed. Yeah, Tristan Clark at Baylor, uh, Desmond Bain, TCU, and that freaking bum Tyrese Halliburton at Iowa State. I'm not taking any of those guys over Xavier Sneed. I do think he got robbed, and I'm buying. He will make the first team all Big 12. Uh, at the end of the season, I totally agree with you. What's and I think he's going to make a run for defensive player of the year as well. He might end up being. I mean, Bruce said it today. He's in a way he's a better defender than Barry Brown. He just he's more he's certainly more of a physical presence. I mean, he's bigger, longer, so he could do some scary things. I agree with you. The next one, and I like this one because it's a trendy one right now. Buy or sell. David Sloan ends up getting more minutes than Sean Williams. Oh, gosh. I'm going to buy because uh, the experience factor. I think that Sean Williams is still growing in his role and uh, um, maybe ultimately will become a better player than 
um, David Sloan, but I think Sloan is going to do the bulk of the uh, he's going to get the bulk of the ball carrying this season. Um, you know, further in their careers, that may change, but I'm going to say I'm going to buy that. I'm going to sell it um, mainly because I'm trying to be a contrarian. I think David Sloan is becoming the sexy pick for the guy who's going to be starting at point guard by the end of the season. But I think Sean Williams, something eventually will click for him somewhere around Big 12 play. I think this team wants to run a little bit more, and I think Sean Williams is a legitimate, excuse me, a legitimately good athlete, um, and I think that's going to fit with hopefully what they want to do on this season. Plus, he's a headband guy, so I, I'm always leaning towards the headband. That's one where I hope I'm wrong. I mean, nothing against, uh, you know, David Sloan, but I love I love Sean Williams, and I want him to be amazing. Yep, I will miss the Neil Williams, but he is only going by I Sean I know, it's Williams. really, really hard not to say all three names right now. I'm struggling. Well, Sean Williams, Sean Williams, Sean Williams. The next one, K-State's 2020 recruiting class finishes in the top 15 on Rivals by yourself. We are 12th right now, is that right? Correct. <sighs> I'm going to buy. Um, I'm going to buy. It's a pretty complete cl- class right now. It's got two four-stars. and ugh. I mean, is there a possibility for those guys to get ratings boosts in the future? I feel yes. Yes. And, and that's, you know, that could that could boost us later. And we're still, you know, in a head-to-head battle with a, another talented four-star guy in Jethro. So, you know, shit, if we end up that, we could we could be in the top ten. Who knows? I'm going to sell. I think Jethro ultimately goes to KU, and I think that there's still enough four- and five-star guys on the table that eventually some of these bigger programs that we're in front of will hit a five-star, maybe an extra four-star. I think this class ends up being top 20 but not top 15 um, unless they pull off pull off Jethro, but I think Curtis Townsend is uh, getting the money bags out one more time before that show cause comes down. Fuck KU. Next question. Um, Cartier Jada scores 500 points this season. This might be the most difficult question. Um, he would pro- he would have to come close to doubling his season average uh, over the, his freshman and sophomore seasons to hit that 500 points. Um, I definitely think there's a shot. I think he's, at the end of the day, going to come just close. I think he's going to be in that... 12, 13 range, but I think we're going to see his distribution as a and his assists jump up. I think he might be in you know the three, four, four and a half assist range uh, because eventually teams are going to sell out to stop him from getting to the rim. He's going to be able to make easy you know drop downs for dunks or kickouts for threes. Um, and I think eventually it'll get to a point where he's really distributing the ball instead of trying to force it up at the rim. So are you buying or selling? I'm All right. selling. I'll buy. Close. He ends with 488. Okay, I'd, that'd be a, that'd be a fine season for that young man. Um, you know, obviously, depending on how many games we play, he's gonna have to be in the 13 to 16 point range uh, to get to 500. Um, and uh, gosh, a lot of this is just based off of small bits and pieces that we've seen of him and his overall potential. But I'm gonna buy. I think Cardi goes off this season, and he's gonna. He's going to be in the spotlight. Um, he's just got the swagger. He's got the ability. We just need that extra little push that's going to set him off. He's got to just change his mentality like I'm the guy. And if he does that this year, then he's going to go off. So I'm buying. That's going to be a, just a beautiful season if he does. Uh, the next one, Bruce Weber retires at K-State. Are you buying or selling that? Um, definitely buying. I feel like that's this is the worst question in this list because it seems very easy. Um, he's not going to go anywhere else. Um, he probably is not going to get fired. And if he <laughs> is heading that way, then he'll probably just retire. So I'm buying that. Yep, I agree with you. I'm going to buy. I think he. I think he'll want to see that 2020 class all the way through because of how great that turned out. Um, so I think he'll he'll coach for five more seasons and then bow out. I don't think he's a guy who's going to try to hang on till he's 80. Um, but I, I will say this. If shit really hit the fan for a school, uh, I, I, and I don't know what the school would be if 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like, I don't know, like Arizona and they just decided, Hey, they wanted to get clean and they throw, you know, $5 million, $6 million at Bruce Weber. Maybe something like that could happen. It, I don't think it will. Um, but that's the only way I see him not retiring. He's going to go to KU and pur- purposely tank them. And we'll all be saying, Bruce, <laughs> sir, Mr. Bruce Weber has done it again. Oh, yeah. Here's a good one. I do like this one. Chris Lowry takes a head coaching job with the caveat at another school in the next three years. Are you buying or selling that? Uh, I'm selling. Um, it's not It's not based on any actual knowledge of the situation, but I just don't get the impression that he wants to move elsewhere at this point in time. Um, I feel like he seems very comfortable in his position. Maybe if Bruce left, then and, you know, obviously he doesn't get like promoted internally, then maybe, but I'm selling it. For some reason, I don't see it. Yeah, um, I'm going to buy it, and I'm I'm going to do it because I've been banging the drum because I think this is the perfect fit for him. I I, I think what's going to end up happening, this will play out over the next three years. I think that over at St. Louis University, I think Travis Ford, he went 23-13 and 13 last year. I think he's going to have another NCAA tournament team this year and next year. Then he's going to jump for a school like, uh, I don't know, uh, Wichita State after Greg Marshall has a heart attack or um, – like TCU or something like that. And then St. Louis is going to come calling for Chris Lowry. Um, So that is my prediction. So I'm going to buy it. He takes the St. Louis university job in the next three years. All right. Um, Next question for for you buy or sell K-State loses two or less games in the non-conference. I'm selling that. I think they will have one head scratching loss and then you have to look to the game in the Sprint Center versus St. Louis. You have to look uh, – oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, versus St. Louis. Um, you're playing Tulsa again. And we always seem to lose to Tulsa. <laughs> you have Marquette coming to town. You go to Alabama in the SEC Challenge. You're playing Mississippi State, which is a good squad up in uh, Brunswick, New Jersey for the Never Forget Classic. You go to UNLV, a early road game for a young team uh, in Las Vegas. I think that this team probably ends up having three losses in the non-con, and then probably, if you put a gun to my head, I would say goes eleven and five, or yeah, we'll say or no, it wouldn't be eleven and five. It'd be eleven and seven or twelve and six in Big Twelve. Yeah, when you look at the non-conference slate, I'd say there's probably six losable games there, um, or six games where you have potential potential lose. Um, you obviously rattled them off, but and we'll probably be finding ourselves a little bit in those first um, twelve or so games. I don't I don't know when the hell our conference <laughs> play starts after, but um, I'm gonna have to sell as well. All right. We will end. We have a handful left uh, in buy or sell. Buy or sell, Casey enters the top 25 at some point this season. Well, a lot of this, I think, depends on how we fare in our non-conference. And if we're selling, then I'm going to have to say no. I'm going to have to sell this year. Um, I just don't see it at this point. Um, I think we'll have too many losses in the non-conference and – I don't think we'll be making enough of a splash in conference play unless, you know, we can steal some big wins uh, against some ranked opponents, but I'm selling. I don't, I don't quite believe that at this point. I'm going to say bye. I think, uh, I think they will get hot at some point in conference play rattle. I mean, if you're going to end up finishing fourth, say third or fourth in the big 12, I think you are going to end up being ranked by the end of the year, probably in the high 20s. How many in a row did we win? So I'm actually going How to How many buy. in a row did we win last year? Nine? Let's do that yeah. again. 
I agree with you. I will sign up to nine straight. Let's do that. Um, again. Here's another one. It's kind of it's kind of fitting in with almost quasi predictions we're doing. Buy or sell. K State earns a seven seed or better in the NCAA tournament. Hmm. I feel like we kind of get shafted in our seeding, but I'm gonna buy. Um, I think we're gonna. I think this is the year. This is the year, Scott, that we end the season winning the conference tournament. We're finally gonna do it. We're gonna party in Kansas City, and it's gonna bump us to a seven seed or better. Or better. I'm buying. I think we are going to, on the S curve, be the top eight seed, missing it by just one slot. So I'm going to sell us being a seven seed or better. Yeah, that's probably a better answer. Final question. Bruce, I love this question. Bruce ends his K State career with not one, but two more Big 12 titles. Buy or sell? I'm going, I'm buying this. I, I'm going to say in the 2021. 20, and then the 21-22 years, so not next season, but the following year, K-State will go back-to-back Big 12 titles. So this freshman class's junior and senior year uh, with the supporting class or supporting cast of next year's freshmen being sophomores and juniors. So he's going to go back-to-back uh, to come close to finishing his career. So I'm buying okay, additional that. question. Is it uh, outright or shared? Uh, the first one is going to be shared with uh, West Virginia and Bob <laughs> Huggins, and then Bob Huggins retires. And then the second one is out. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. I'm going to buy in, too. I'm buying in, too. Let's move on to our, our last questions. Rapid fire. I like this. Who gets in the rafters? Let's start. We'll rattle off some players. You tell me, Scott, are they going to get in the rafters and why or why not? So first off, obviously, okay. the GOAT, Mr. K-State, kind of – I mean, that's kind of what I think of our lives. Jacob Pullen. Yep, he's definitely getting up there. I think Gene has straight up said yes whenever they can make it work. Yeah, so everybody knows that. He's obviously going in. This one, unnecessarily, the next one has some controversy surrounding it. Michael Beasley, is he ever going to make it in the rafters? Yeah, and I and I, see. I thought Gene Taylor and Bruce Weber have come out and said the same thing for Michael Beasley. He will go. I up get there that impression once as well. they find I Tom. I get that impression too. But I, I I would have to go back and find the quote. It's not as uh, like because I mean Jacob Pullenstrap said, "Yeah, I told him that if they could ever find a way to get you know Frank and Brad and uh, Matt Figure and all those guys back, he would do it like as soon as he could." Um, I don't. No, I see. I, I feel like I remember hearing something about Beasley being something similar, but I it's just not as fresh in my mind. But I'm definitely like, I kind of feel like uh, Gene at one point kind of grouped Jacob and uh, Michael Beasley together, together in some sort of statement, but yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Next person, Bill Walker. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think he's gonna have to settle for one of the titles of being the godfather of the turnaround. Um, didn't quite accomplish enough in that one full season. I'll tell you this. Um, if he could have gotten to be, you know, first team all big 12 in that season, or if he could have helped lead, you know, the team to the NCAA tournament before he tore his ACL in that half season he was going to have, or if he could have gotten onto some all American list. I think he's closer than people would think on the surface I mean, I'm also a big Bill Walker guy, as we remember from the draft pod, but I don't think he will ever make it. I agree with you. This next one also is kind of – has a lot of people on the fence, I think. Um, Rodney Magruder. I'm going to say yes, but I wouldn't put him up there. Um, I I think uh, – I, I don't think he's done quite enough. I don't think he has the – accolades but i think there's going to be a push to get some of these more recent guys up there because i mean i, I think mitch richmond maybe might be the like most recent player like to go up there so i mean obviously after you know you had the dark period but from this new age of k-state success i think there's there's going to be a movement to get some of those guys up there. And I think outside of 
Holen and Beasley and maybe the next guy. I think Rodney is maybe the third or fourth most likely guy. So I'm going to buy it, but I wouldn't do it. Grant, oh, shit. Ready? I'm sorry. I was on mute. Ha <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on this one, too. Um, I like I could see it happening, but I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that happening. How about the most recent beloved boys, Mr. Dean Wade and Barry Brown? What are your thoughts on them ever going in the rafters? I think both eventually do. Dean Wade 100% deserves it. Um, back-to-back, first-team All-Big 12. Um, that that just doesn't happen at K-State often. That is enough to get him up there. Then when you add in the Big 12 championship, you add in like just the unicorn ability of his game. Uh, he 100% has to go up there. Barry Brown will but again, and I might get in trouble for saying this, I don't think he should. I think he is right there in that Rodney Magruder category, both higher on my list of these most recent guys like Bill Walker. They're ahead of Bill Walker. But I just don't think the accolades are enough there. And, yes, Barry was the heart and soul of two great teams, but he doesn't even have, like, that moment. Like, yes, he had big games, but you think of some of the bigger wins, like – Cartier Jada is the guy you think about in those big wins versus Kentucky versus KU. You think of the Dean Wade dunk versus Oklahoma. Uh, again, Barry was the heart and soul of those teams, but like when I think as time moves on, Barry's argument will actually deteriorate. Um, and I don't think that's good if you want him up in the rafters. Um, I, I think he eventually would, but I just, he wouldn't make my criteria. I mean, to be fair to Barry, I think he had the game winner against Kentucky, and he had, you know, he yeah, sparked, but, he sparked but, the run. But it's the, but it's the Cartier Jada layup that everyone. Remembers. I kind of remember. I remember Barry. I remember Barry sparking. You know, he had the game winner at West Virginia. He kind of took over that game. Um, well, and he had the game winner versus Iowa State as well. Yes, I think you're right I, when you talk about. I, I mean, when you pull up the actual criteria for getting into the rafters, Barry does not check a whole well, lot of no, boxes. There is no criteria. I mean, there is no official. Well, you criteria. know what I mean. There is literally like, a list of like this is what these players represent. Um, and I think that's football. I I don't think there is. All right, I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna find this for you and I'm gonna show you. But we're gonna move on. Um. I mean, I just think Barry just meant so much to the basketball program that he will definitely be in the rafters at some point. But um, it doesn't offend me what you say because I don't think you're necessarily wrong. And if it happens, I'm not going to protest it. Like I like that that out of everything that we've done since this podcast started, I think my opinion of I wouldn't put Barry Brown in the rafters, but I would put Dean Wade, even though I've been very critical of Dean Wade, and that's probably one of the things I regret from like the early earliest podcasts. Um, I think that has gotten me more hate than literally anything I've ever said on this. Podcast. Oh yeah, you got you which got crucified fine, for that, which is fine. Yeah, I, I did, and that's fine. Like that is one hundred percent fine. Um, and, and if people want to get mad, that is your right. Um, just wouldn't make it a month. And here's the final one: um, Will K State? Have more than three headband guys. This more? I'm selling. I mean, I don't think. I think maybe we might have three. But I guess, you know, somebody could wear a headband at any given time, and that would count. I just don't know. I mean, I don't I don't feel like I know this team well enough right now. We know we have two in X and Williams. Well, here's the thing. Based on picture day, Montavious Murphy, headband guy. Sean Williams, headband guy. McCall Mayween, I did headband not see guy. McCall having a headband. That'll be Xavier Sneed, no headband. Interesting. Oh, uh, you know X will have a headband at some point. I'd be shocked. Well, we'll see. I'm I'm buying it. I want a game where everyone wears. That a would headband. be cool. I so want more headbands. I'd be all for that. That's gonna wrap it up though. This actually went a lot longer than we both anticipated. Um, thank you guys for listening. We play TCU tomorrow. Massive game. If you can get out there. I might actually have some tickets available if you guys want to DM me, and I can tweet that out. Um, but, Scott, what do you have to say? Uh, we love you guys. Um, yeah, this is fun. Uh, thanks for uh, coming up with these great questions. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, big game tomorrow. Yeah, we really need to win. 
Meet me at the cat head. Network.